hey, I'm back. It took me a little longer than I thought it would uh, to go in on some of these radio stations uh, and media outlets that uh, are affecting our thinking. And, um, you know, maybe some people say, well, why does she have to make a point to say that's a black radio station and this is this and that's a that? Because what I want to show you is that no matter what world or demographic you think you are in, you are connected. If somebody's telling black people something and being successful and efficient at convincing them of something, and then they go and do black mat lives matter activity you as a white person you might want to know that kind of stuff you want to know how they're thinking you know you might want to talk to somebody that starts talking to you about you know well i really can't get behind trump or i really can't get behind this or that and i think it's bad for black people and blah 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 and if you have a handle on information You can say stuff like, you know, well, this is the lowest black unemployment that has been, you know, even better than previous administrations, you know, things like that, that you can say because you understand where some people might be getting their information, where they might be coming from. You cannot communicate with people if you don't understand where they're coming from. And that's why we are all being evaluated to kind of try to find out where we're all coming from. Because no matter how much programming they do, we're all free, we're all free spirits and free souls. And we got a whole lot, if we're mindful, if we're integrated, we have our past life wisdom, this current life wisdom, all the experiences that may not fit into the narrative that has been planned for our demographic and that is the unknown. And as uh, this dude Arrow said from the Twilight movies, uh, the unknown is dangerous. We, we cannot work with the unknown. No, because they want to win, okay? They do. And the only way they can do that is if they think they understand, you know, how to override people's rational thinking of what they know and feel to be right and wrong. So um, that's why I took the time to explain things. Whereas you don't want to think in the context of race, really. You want to have it colorblind. But then at the same time, you want to understand how some people weaponize identity politics. That's the whole social justice warrior movement. And in order for us to expose it, we have to understand the techniques that they're using. I think that it is wholeheartedly backfired. But there's a little bit more to it than even what it is on the surface. And I think we're starting to see now that they don't care if they ruin the comic book industry for good and ruin comic books, they don't care if they ruin Star Wars. Um, they don't care if they ruin, you know, 
people's relationship with the experience of going to movies. They don't care. Because the movies are for them. And they know that there's a certain amount of people that are going to go regardless. And nothing's going to stop them from going. And nothing's going to make them think that anything is any deeper, deeper than it just being a movie or than it just being a story. But stories are very, very powerful. There have been many, many wars fought based on stories. And I'm talking about, you know, religious wars based on stories from parts of books that were changed by people. So we just have to be able to be mindful of how we experience stories, how they make us feel, and the conclusions that we reach. There's some films that I could actually bring up that like uh, totally, totally um, are a great example of this. I cannot think of the name of this film, but there was a recent Selma Hayek movie, something like Late for Dinner, some, anyway, some kind of movie like this, one of her most recent movies. And I was a fan of Selma Hayek and I went to see this film and I thought it was about the way that they showed you in the uh, previews that it was about this woman of color that through random reasons ends up going to dinner with this uh, elite rich white family and it looks like she not puts them in their place but you know makes them aware of their mutual humanity and so you cheer her on that she's, you know, saying all the right things in terms of human humanistic values. And then at the end of the film, I don't want to spoil it for you, but I think the point of this is to explain, we find out that uh, this elite uh, rich guy is a big game hunter. And he kills animals. And so we're rooting and we're saying, oh, great, she's going to tell him off about killing animals. But the way that it ends, she's the one that dies after supposedly being after him, being angry enough to try to take a shot at him, she ends up being the one that is hurt. And it just shows you that whoever did that film, they sold it to you one way and you thought that you were going to get one set of values. And what you really got was a completely different set of values where this person that was standing up for animals, standing up for oppressed people and peoples of color that have been disproportionately uh, experiencing bad things, 
You thought she was going to be a champion and you bought a ticket to cheer her on. And what you really bought was a front row seat to see her and everything she stood for taken out right in front of you. And the way she died was almost like she might as well have not even been there. She might as well have been inconsequential. And in the movie, those people went on doing exactly what they were doing. And that was the real message of the film. But that's not what you were sold. That's not what you were marketed. And if you were tired and you just rented that one night or you saw it on Netflix, that went into your subconscious. And that's harmful. That is harmful movie making to the human soul. And that's what we, people who want to stand up right now for what's right, that's what we've got to be mindful and vigilant about. And we've got to be able to raise our voices in spite of the people that are saying, oh, well, you know, it's just a movie. Is it, it, it isn't just a movie. Because on some level, your subconscious experienced that as real. You saw it. And if you like the actress, you connect with her on a spiritual level. And that's you. You died with Selma Hayek at the end of that movie. And maybe they're hoping that you standing up for animals and standing up for justice for the poor and oppressed, they're hoping that that part of you also dies because it's showing you what happens to people who stand up for what's right, that the wicked and the evil win and you lose. We have to be very, very, very careful about what we support with our dollars. And I don't even think they care about the money. They're charging us to put this spiritually corrosive stuff in our tanks in our brains, in our hearts, in our minds, in our spirit. And so that discernment that I'm always talking about and that other people are always talking about, it's not just for, you know, who's a reptilian or, you know, who's going to sell you a bad car. It's not, it's not, it's a discernment that you don't waste two hours of your life on deception and puppets that are used to deceive and that may sound harsh but maybe that'll wake some people up people that don't understand how dangerous idolatry is 
they don't see it. There's no harm in it. Oh, it's just, it's just deception and it's fun. But there are real life consequences because movies are very powerful in changing people's belief systems and changing their awareness and their attitudes. When we say we're in a spiritual war, we're in a war for hearts and minds. They're after souls. The body can be killed, but not your eternal soul. It's so precious, people. The worth of our soul is just so, it's so precious. And that's why they want it. They want to mock the creator that made you. See, this person is just this. This person is just that. And then even in ourselves, we judge ourselves. We feel guilt, you know, like, can't believe I felt that. Can't believe I thought that. Well, yeah, you did. Because we can't deny that carnal part of ourselves. As much as, you know, the spiritual side. And the point is not to pretend that it doesn't exist. To say, don't think that way. Don't feel that way. Like when someone does you wrong. Oh, don't feel hurt. Or don't be mad. Or don't feel... No, you got to feel it. You got to ask the questions. Why am I feeling this way? Is it what they did? Or is it what it means? By the fact that they got away with doing it. Does that have some meaning on who I am or, or anything we can feel whatever we need to feel that's the point why we're here that's the human experience that's why we're here is to examine it to weigh it the ma'at and all that see they know all this stuff and that's why the the people of the Most High have to get themselves knowledge so that in wisdom as we go towards our you know estimation of what we learned and our development and all that stuff that we I realize that possibly some people of faith might be how did you you know that Fifty Shades of Grey podcast, I tell you guys something. That people don't believe that there's people out here like this, that think like this, <laughs> that talk like this. So I go all the way, all the way out so that <laughs> people that are in denial, people that are talking about, oh, nobody's getting kids from cloning centers okay those people they're calling everything a conspiracy they need to to understand the mentality and what's really going on so you know (laughs) there might be some blue humor here and there but the point is that really that people wake up and understand (laughs) that you know, really, I mean, it's not even funny that um, how these people get to these Pizzagate and Pedogate practices are, you know, 
up in the ante with these things. You know what I mean? Like, <clears throat> you know, I don't even want to know what people like Podesta and them do at home or whatever. And when they get together in, in these groups and who knows what they do. I don't want to know what they do. But there's regular people that don't think that this is going on. And yet they see movies like Fifty Shades of Grey and they cannot associate that, that, that that's where that comes from and that that is happening, you know, and, and that we watch these movies and we don't understand that they're trying to tell us that there are people that are into this stuff and that are doing this stuff and that it could be like prevalent, you know, and I think the other message for people of faith that are maybe, you know, innocent or whatever is that and also young people that you know just look at people that have these planes and that are so rich and they look so glamorous you know and they're living such a great lifestyle what appears to be a great lifestyle especially women or we don't even know if they're women and that was also part of my comedy you know that from young boys they've been flipped and you know, turned out and whatever they're doing. We heard Nick Cannon say that, you know, these models or whatever, they're living these glamorous lifestyles. But who knows at what cost that this stuff is happening <clears throat> to people. We we are so impressed and people are idealizing. But we really don't know. We really don't know what the life is like for these people. You know, do do they have to have separate personalities in order to like, you know, I don't know, do what these people want or whatever. I don't even want to think about it. But last year, oh, was, yeah, I think it was last year. I was at Russ's house or I was somewhere. I had no place to live. I don't think I was in between residences when that came on and I felt like I was under a lot of pressure and all I had was my comedy and um, part of the, the things as a comedian you gotta put yourself through your paces and sometimes you gotta go all the way to the edge to find out where the edge is you know, and find yourself. So parts of learning and figuring that stuff out is letting yourself go and see where you go. And, you know, I think that I could truly see how much I grew and how much work that I've literally been putting in day in and day out. People, I don't think people understand because they just think, oh, it's just a joke. Or, oh, it's just a this. It's a craft like anything else that you got to put the time in and there's no way around it. And it's not an accident when people are funny or whatever. I mean, unless they're lucky enough to have someone write them good material and they can afford to pay for it or whatever. But, you know, I did my work. And I stand by it. And um, I know why I did it. 
and um, I still am growing tremendously in deciding, you know, what I want to present to the public and how I want to do it. But I have different ways of, you know, me stretching, stretching certain muscles that I need to do in order to just to stay sharp. So um, I really don't know anybody, any explanations, but I feel that um, people that follow me and they do know that I'm spiritual, they need to understand that it's important. Maybe that somebody like me can help point out things, you know what I mean? And really hit things home that people just don't, that we take for granted as normal now. Do you know what I mean? It's like it's normalized. And sometimes you can revisit a topic and be like, wow, is that where we are that that's normal? Do you know what I mean? And that kind of, after a certain amount of time, that can bring you back to the center again in an interesting way. So it's a fine line. And so is everything in this life. Everything is. And that's, you know, that's that ancient Asian wisdom. It's right decisions and understanding and knowledge or whatever. And um, whether it is appropriate for me as a comedian to do certain skits or say certain things or whatever. Um, as I, you know, when I sing, I've always been like very, uh, I don't know, it's that side of me that's like, what, what, what's inside of this? Who, who is this? You know, like singing in different styles and what's appropriate and what, what that voice is. I don't mean literally the voice, like, I mean, the mentality, the everything, the everything from the inside out, you know, so that's what I do, I, that's what I do in everything that I do, that I'm going to be inside and out of it, and, um, you know, it makes you grow, it makes you, being uncomfortable can make you grow. And people, people might look at something and just think, oh, that's just natural. No, it, it comes like, it's, it's like, it's like singing, you know, where you, or, or figure skating, where you're like, people are going for jumps and stuff like that, where you have to put yourself through your paces to know, to trust that when you when you take that risk that you're going to make it sometimes people don't always make it as you see in the olympics but that's not my point is the point in living is that we the challenge you know for the people that are like oh she's sitting in bed she's not doing anything i am living on the edge of my consciousness i may be sitting here i may not have you know 
all the money that I have had in the past to go and take class and do certain things. You know, I have to work with the budget that I have. I have responsibilities here in terms of being here and things that I have to do if I'm going to, you know, make such a monumental change in life. I have to prepare my belongings, stuff for my business, you know, my fashion, my everything. I got a lot of things even just on my mind emotionally, mentally, physically to even retrospectively look back on what I have even been through and where the heck I'm going. I need to just sometimes sit down and the world, let the world just stop spinning for a second so that I can, I just go into a space and then usually I can write and fill it up and that's how I find my balance. So I was putting in from you know, even before my mom was sick. You people don't know what it was like, me pounding the pavement, trying to get my foot in the door without giving away what is uniquely mine that I developed on my own. And I knew that they would take as much as they could and try not to, you've seen what they've done. And that is why I had to shut it down. And that's honestly why I definitely made that decision in my heart. I'm just going to go for my comedy. Because one thing as a comedian, you have to have your own voice. You know, it's not it's not the same as music where there's a lot of people that just get up and just do whatever. People, you cannot do that. I, I don't think and be and be respected. When people steal jokes and they do stuff like that, there's a, like a code of honor. And that was something that I really respect in people that like, they do that work. And they that is like, a, it's philosophical, it's spiritual, it's, it, it is truth telling on, even if people curse somebody like Lenny Bruce or whomever that a comedian comedians and i think maybe people they'll start to see if they look back more important right now to have voices that can look at humanity and really be the conscience of humanity And when I say that, I don't mean that in a goody-goody-two-shoes way. I mean to honestly reflect back. My job in, you know, doing the exercise that I just did was to show us who, who we are now. This is who we are. And good or bad, I, I wasn't there to judge it. I'm just there to show you what it is. And then that is something that I'm offering to you. To think about how good or bad it is, or, or you know, your place in it, what you think about it, whatever. That's in me aspiring to this career. That's the oath or whatever that I took in myself to embark upon being 
a, a comedic artist just saying, you know what, I'm going to, I'm going to whatever, even if it's uncomfortable, even if people are like, oh no, you're this, you can't say that or whatever. You know what? A writer who, whatever you do, a, an artist, a painter. Look, it was so funny. Like the other day we were watching uh, Human Bondage with um, Betty Davis and um, Leslie Howard. And there was like this part in the scene where as, you know, she was a total thought, you know, just totally no values and Sky loved her and everything. And she was totally indecent running around with his friend and all this stuff. And yet the artwork that he had in his apartment, she thought that that was filth. As unscrupulous as she was and indiscriminate as she was in her affairs and how she conducted herself, she thought that the artwork, because these people were naked, she thought that that was filth. And that really stuck out in my mind. I'm like, wow, that's how far away a person can get from themselves, not being able to see their own behavior, you know, that she totally didn't see herself, <laughs> you know, she, she couldn't see herself, she could not see herself, and then to look at artwork of the naked human body that was just a naked person, and to put a value to that of that being morally unacceptable. Um, that is the point of what any kind of art that we make, whether it's writing, movies, whatever, telling jokes, whatever it is, that we tell the truth of that situation. And it, we're not here to judge it or to present you something cute or nice or whatever. Now, I definitely am a person for standards. I'm like... Certain things I don't even need in my consciousness. A lot of people don't think Fifty Shades of Grey needs to be in people's consciousness. But we've come to the point where you can't even pull people's coat, certain people, and say, you know, we never would have. This, this is, is this where we want to be? You can't say it to people like that. You can't be, nobody can be that anymore. Since Tipper Gore, you know, so the only way you can really reach people to just absorb without judgments, I'm not trying to tell you how to think or feel about it without judgments. I'm just showing you a slice of what that is and where your mind has to be, <laughs> where our minds have to be. There's truth in it. That's all I'm saying. And that, you know, looking at it, uh, just looking at it and that whole, the whole question that we we're dealing with the Blazington TV thing where, uh, not it actually, it was, it was that same episode on my show, but it was, uh, another TV show. I don't remember the name of it, but they were interviewing Griff. And they were asking him about, you know, whether uh, a certain 
person's comedy, you know, is that like, you know, is that really, is it comedy? Because it's like just straight up ghetto stereotype or whatever like that. And uh, what he was saying is, I forgot exactly what he said, but he said that it was both ghetto and something else at the same time. And it was like, I understood what he said, but it's kind of like, you know, if anything, if it shows, if what she's portraying is not ringing true to people that maybe black people have evolved and they're like, uh, no, that doesn't reflect me, actually. My consciousness is beyond that. That doesn't resonate as true for me. That's not my identity. That is a programmed identity. Then actually, that's a positive thing that came out of... Because people, you know, they're, they're always people, whether they're white or black, to be like, no, oh no, that's real. That's real. And so anything that deviates from that, anybody that has a different experience or that's not who they are. Oh, you're not, you're not, uh, that that's not, a, oh, authentic. That was the word that he used. No, when you're true to yourself and who you are and your experiences, whatever, that's authentic. But when you try to say that, oh, that's everyone, you know, there's just, just different it's how you present what it is that you're doing and what you're saying about it. I'm not saying that, you know, the mentality that I was saying is every. I'm saying that there's some people that are like that. And what what do we think about it? So what, what do comedians do? We take subjects that are not being discussed on the real news. You know what I mean? And... That even when they try, like they had Dave Chappelle on the other day talking, interviewing him about what he thinks about Kanye, whatever like that. It's like they can't, they got him on the show. But these shows, they cannot even have a real discussion. We are not having discussions as a people. We are not. We have all this social media. It's crazy. We've got all this social media. We got more interaction online and the internet than we have, I I think, than we've ever had. And yet we're more separated from each other. Like we really, really are. And the, the shows that are being written in the programming is like showing like that white people and black people can't talk. Remember I told you about that show or whatever and it was just like, ridiculous and it's like we're not that's not us we're not that that's like regressing things back like decades ago but if we're not careful in the affirmations of what is authentic because some programmer you know just decided it wasn't you saw it on tv and now you go out and you think that that's who you are or that's what everyone else is because that's what you accept, you know, these are, we have to stay vigilant on top of this stuff, and um, I'm so glad I talked about this, because really, what we're dealing with, if you're a truther, we, we're dealing, and you appreciate comedy, they have weaponized comedy, 
And there are so few objective truth tellers where you could have people that happen to be Democrats that could spill some truth on a stage in prior decades. But now, and I'm not, I'm not knocking anybody because we're in a different corporate environment. The corporatism has affected the arts to a level where we're not even at a point where, where we've even made an assessment where we're even looking in hindsight and saying, oh, how has this changed? How art is being created? How, what are we, what we're digesting in the humanities through the arts? Not even talking about that. The only way that it's kind of being discussed is like the whole SJW debate. You know, like how they destroyed Star Wars and how they destroyed, uh, the comic books and cartoons that they've doing exactly what I'm saying, this weaponized comedy. Where no longer is the, the, does the portrayal have to be truthful or useful or it's just like... Uh, it's programming not to provoke you to think outside of what you already believe, but to just reaffirm and yes and what you already think you know so that you you're so comfortable that you never have to think outside of it and now you have this moral ego put on top of it that if anybody does not believe what has been affirmed to you through television shows through magazines through this kind of comedic propaganda that you no longer can be heard or your opinion is not relevant or you're less of a human being or all of us it's it's all this judgment whereas a long time like you know it really started with the Kathy Griffith I don't like you so I'm going to cut your head off and then these are the same people that are talking about Trump like you know Oh, he's he's divided a nation and now we can't have discussions. Um, you people every day on there are are growing the the chia pet of divisiveness. Who could get in anything? Who could say anything? And yet that that part of me that thinks even outside of all of this is like, oh, it's Hegelian dialectic. That it's all just an S show where it's just they know that no volley is going to be had. There's never going to be a volley where someone throws a legitimate idea out that's not just a sound bite that everybody in the audience is going to clap or you say, yeah but say something that people actually think about and then another person responds to it. We have to actually think that is not what is happening. It's almost like we're dealing... I used to think real time was, was spontaneous. And what I realized with the, so many of these shows and even interviews, it's like a chess game that has already been played 
It's already been scripted. And <clears throat> you have some really naive and people that think everything is a coincidence. Everything is a conspiracy. Everybody that comes on television and speaks a certain rhetoric, even if it, it, if it agrees with everything you're saying, you automatically <coughs> are now in that person's camp. Doesn't matter what they're talking about. They kind of said, you know, the same thing as what the lines that you were talking on your Facebook or on your Twitter or whatever. And so now that brand, that brand of thinking has been sold to you. These, these, these performers, these, even the singers, they do not care about whether you like the album or you like the music. They don't care. You're looking at that artist and, and that artist is going to have an album and the new album makes them relevant. And so they're going to be able to talk about their relationship, which means they're going to tell you whatever their values and their relationship are. And that's what yours should be. They're going to tell you uh, uh, their ideas on marriage. They're going to tell you their ideas on reproduction. And they are now thought leaders. No matter how, whatever their image is, whether it's clean cut, or whether it's, you know, uh, what do they call it? Vagrant, you know, whether it's licking donuts, what, whatever it is, whatever it is, I'm not judging it. I'm saying to you that it's not innocent anymore. It's weaponized entertainment on whatever ideology it is. And so just all I do as a comedian now, and I'm trying to understand, you know what? Not everything that's presented is as clear left or clear right as we think. And I need to be detached in a way so I can, until I really know what's going on, I need to withhold my emotional connection and my emotional involvement and my emotional stakes in it because it's not real. And only what's real can affect our lives. But to some people and a lot of people in our population that have no inner life, no spiritual life, not cognizant of what's going on in the government, this is real to them. If they see somebody that they've heard of, that they know, that they know their music or they've seen something about them, they're relevant because it's been in the news or it's on TV. Immediately that person has a platform. That's why I say anybody that has a platform, you have to look at why they're there. It's not an accident that they're there informing your opinions. We no longer have, can assume that everyone is operating by independent thought. We're in a hive mind already and we don't even realize it and we don't realize how it's affected the one certain areas that we can get reflections back of where human beings really are just to keep the needle on it something like comedy there's other areas too but something like comedies that can tell us show us a portrait of ourselves, those people that we, 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 
certain people resonate within the cultural consciousness. Um, you know, like, um, oh my God, that's really late. I'm losing track of names, but you know, the old Irish guy, <laughs> you guys know who I'm talking about. Uh, comedian that everybody, you know, he was the first one that was like telling us, you know, these people are not like you, you know, all this kind of stuff. I, God, I cannot think of his name right now, but you all know who I'm talking about. I'm saying that people like that, whether you follow comedy or not, it could give you a slice of a reflection of who who are who are the plebeians or the regular people or the denizens no matter what side of the aisle they are who are you and who is over you do you really know or or has it become like a caricature even the way that the whole everything works and down to the satirizing on uh, SNL. Where it's like we, we are seeing truth there that it's absolutely ridiculous. Absolutely ridiculous. And we we are we notice it and we still are like uh not seeing it. Do you know what I'm saying? It's like we're seeing it and we're not seeing it at the same time. Get on authentic at the same time. No, I'm kidding. Um, it, 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 you know, it's like that. But what I was saying again about the corporatism, and maybe it's always been this way and we didn't even realize it, but it seemed like possibly in the 60s. Now, I know I've seen documentaries that are saying that, you know, getting drugs into teenagers' hands in the 60s and getting them overseas to do what they needed done for the war, that, you know, they used the Grateful Dead and they used all these different bands to propagate this drug culture. To And, and if people are drugged out, they're going to, you know, how effective they're going to stand against anything. I understand that. But what I'm saying is that it seemed like artists could say things Speak more freely today. And what I'm starting to understand today is that you won't be you won't be really saying things, you know, unless you're really. I don't know. I don't know. I should try to complete my thought before I cut my own self off. But I think what I'm trying to say is we have tremendous platforms for artists who are independent, meaning they don't have record deals, you know, they may not be headlining at big comedy clubs. I don't have the wherewithal to even be on the scene to 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 just go to different clubs and, and hang out late because my train ends and I need to be able to get home safely and I'm a woman by myself. These are all things that you know, play into your being able to do it, you know? When we talk about support and stuff like that, just the logistics of it. So for somebody like me, this podcast and having the radio show, 
and then me having the t- area of comedy that I chose, which is like not everybody doesn't know all the time what I'm saying talking about because it's not reported. And they don't, you know, there's certain people that don't want anyone to know about the stuff that I'm talking about. So it's not like even if I develop certain sets, what I earlier, maybe a year or two ago, I was like, how am I going to do talk about the stuff that I talk about if the audience doesn't know what it is that I'm talking about? Because the real news, is the, 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 the fake news is not telling them. They're not, it's not even on the radar. Forget forming an opinion about it. They haven't even heard of it. I t- I told you, my godmother, I'm calling her that. She's been fighting for rights for a very, very long time for all kinds of people, for blacks, for Jews, for gays, for everybody. And she's calling embracing communism now. And if I tried to tell her about Pedogate, it would not penetrate. She's extremely intelligent and brilliant. I cannot even have the conversation with her or it's going to it's going to strain our relationship. And I don't want to do that. But as Americans, this is something that we need to we can't even get to the same page. And we do have, you know, we do have people of faith that, you know, they're not even going to listen to a broadcast with curses in it. So if you have a, a, a young person, there was a channel, this guy, gosh, I cannot remember his name again. Gee whiz. But I think his name was Sean, whatever it was. He was given a real expose on the Pizzagate stuff. And just his style was like, he just blurted it. There might be expletives or whatever, whatever. And he was really giving like a lot of details and it's like, wow, people that might actually be able to let other people know real details, not just speculations. Like this kid did some serious work. The people that would be able to do the most with that would not even hear that because they're going to say, I can't listen to any curse words because I'm Christian and I whatever. But the thing is, you know what? Are you here to serve the most high? And can you inconvenience yourself to get some facts that might, you know, elevate some people's thinking? Or are are we, we're all in our little boxes and the powers that be or whoever is oppressing humanity, they understand that very clearly. The programming, the I'm in this box This, everything that my Facebook represents is everything that I am. And I don't deviate outside of that because then I'm not loyal to this brand of who I'm supposed to. When you came out of your mother's uterus, you did not know that you listened to Jodeci or Slipknot or whoever. You had, you could have been taken somewhere to Tanzania you could have lived the jungle book. You could have been anything. And that's any race of person. And we're so locked into these pockets. That we cannot even see what is happening. 
common human experience. And the artists that we would look for to be to give us the reflection of ourselves to let us know that we're not really having any kind of dialogue beyond the mainstream narrative. They're owned. They're corporate slaves. So even if they, when they don't say anything, that leaves a vacuum and that's weird. So now they give them the SJW platform. And then that's alienating because that doesn't ring true. And then there's people that want to say stuff, but can't really say stuff because they're own, they're not, they got to make sure that that movie is going to sell, that that whatever it is, is going to sell. And that that's why every single strata of human life is being monitored every single second so they already so they can tell oh they're gonna think this if we if we do it like this they're gonna react like this if we sing it if we have somebody like this they're gonna do this if we show young people this young couple and this is how they treat each other or they're knocking each other in the face or they're disrespecting each other or whatever even beyond race you know then they're going to emulate that behavior or they're going to talk about that behavior. And them talking about that behavior is putting it on the menu. And somehow, because it's perceived as true that it's really happening, they're going to see that as truth because it's been reported. And that's kind of, God, I got to find out the term that Nancy Pelosi is using for when something is called news reporting the way that the news is reported as news is news. And even that is being manipulated, crafted beforehand. It's like a chess game, like dump, 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 dump. They already know the conclusion. They're 20,000 steps ahead of you. When you're sitting there and yourself trying to judge, is this person for real? That, that is on the newspapers or on the television or somebody that's of controversy or that's a part of a big topic or a big mouthpiece or something like that. They have already come up to an equation showing you so many sides of that person and different experiences and things that supposedly happened to that person that they already know that certain people are going to have your trust. Because it's going to resonate and remind you. It's going to call back to something that you're familiar with. And that's why people that are truly the children of the Most High are called to be set apart. To think differently from the herd. To have a superior spiritual discernment within themselves that you can see something ugly. You can see something attractive. And you'll be able to extract what is necessary for your survival and common knowledge out of either. Whether it's offensive or whether it's sickingly sweet
We don't know who we're looking at anymore. Anybody. This is anybody anywhere. I'm I'm even talk I mean, I've seen some of these people's videos like Mag or whatever and they're I know they curse or whatever, but they're like other channels and they're like, The postman is a clone, you know, and stuff like that. And, you know, somebody might laugh and be like, Why in the heck would the postman be cloned? It's like some some deeper thinking has to go on with people like if they don't want to, one thing about clones, they don't have to really be paid. They could be on the job. They could have workers working and carrying out their lives. And they're alongside you or whatever. They, they don't have to pay these people. We don't, we, you don't know. We don't know what we're dealing with. I still think half the people in the government have been replaced. He'll, I, I played that video, and because I'm a comedian, some people are going to be like, oh, oh, that's a joke. No, it's real. She really said that she was a robot made in, in Palo Alto. She really said it. You got to, they're telling us. And we know, and we're still so stupid as to not be able to connect any dots or put anything together. And this is why they're not worried. They're not worried because everybody still thinks that everything is run by the rules that we have on the surface. And all I'm going to say, this this is the new thing that I'm saying right now, is like, <laughs> when you, we're dealing with people that eat people. If you think that they're going to, like, be on the up and up, <laughs> like, like, you need to really wake it up with the naivete. That's all I can say, is like, no, it's exactly what they said on TV. And they really hate Trump because they said they hated him. And they're really, you know, it's like they can, people cannot see who people really are. And that's really, really scary. You know, like somebody could get up and be like, a 50-year-old person could be like, um, I love cosplay and my whole life is run by cosplay. And, you know, it could be just like a total joke for you to not take that person seriously. And you don't know what that person's about. I'm not saying be suspicious of everything. My mom was suspicious of everything and everybody. And I would always just be like, God, really make me I, that I find that annoying. But at the same time, it helped me to like really look critically. And if something is being pushed at me that this is what this is, this is what this is, this is what this is, then I got to be like, is it really? You know what I mean? Is it really? You know, and there's so many things now that like my friend, when I tried to tell him the truth about, you know, men and women right in front of our face he was like, well, I could see arguments for either sides of it. Yeah, maybe you could. 
But there's only one truth, real truth, that's not opinion. And that's the only thing we have to go on. If we don't build things on the real truth, then we can't rely on it. Like I, th- this, 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 even though it was my comedy outtakes, what I was trying to show you, the frustrations that I've had talking about, you know, relationships, that whole episode, this last episode was about relationships and particularly romantic relationships and how even that kind of corporatism has bled over into our relationships where um, the guy is like, you know, you got to fit in with my brand and it's all about this money. And if I can't see that you got this money right on this surface, then I'm going to pick somebody else. That's a poor way to choose mates in these last days. That is a poor way. You can't talk about your power couple with that. Because if you don't build it on a firm foundation, it's going to hit the rocks. If you're just with somebody from a... So, so that means, what if you lose money? If you're and, and and the other thing is, you know, everything in life is transient. You know what I'm saying? He could marry this person for money or beauty or whatever. Everything is transient in life. But when you're partner partnering with somebody that truly cares about you, first of all, that cares about themselves, that loves themselves. Because someone can lose it all. Somebody can go down. Things can happen in life. I have experienced it. And a lot of people, you know, wrote me off. Oh, you have no help. All these calamities happen to you or, you know, just horrible. Somebody would say just horrible luck or just, you know, you just met all the suckiest people in the world. That was the network that you had. That would have supported your career, but didn't through hate, jealousy, whatever it is. And people are just like, there's, there's no way unless she kowtows to the bullying by giving them my music, my voice, my brand, my whatever for free. They wanted it. They tried to break me. That's what they tried to do even though what they were doing was wrong. And I literally had to fight with every breath that I had in my body every single day. I had to present my case. And I had to do it eating ramen noodles. There were times when I I, I just had people saw me. I had ramen noodles, you know, and tuna. And potatoes and tea bags and water and there were times I couldn't I even if I wanted to go somewhere I couldn't because the 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 transportation is expensive there are places that I could have gone to network and do certain things that I couldn't and I had to just be like how can I propel myself from here 
I had to build it on my own foundation of what my truth was. I had to rebuild my life from from me having to find out what my truth was. And I couldn't. I chose not to rely on my singing voice to get me over. I had to really, really, really build from the bottom. And it was a challenge. And the person that was looking at me did not think that I had that inner substance to do that. And that's what tells me how good could this person's judgment be? Because I'm, I, I feel that I carry what I'm about and who I am. It's very apparent. And I, I have no problem saying it. I said it. But people, people, maybe people know now that someone could, someone could be decked out in the latest fashion, in the latest car, in the they could have the most boominous body. That woman that's in the club that is just off the chain. And she could be the most desperate one of all. Because she's she's gotta hook up with a man there to pay for the surgeries and the whatever it is that she had to buy to look like that, to try to elevate herself in the lifestyle. I forgot, yeah, it was Nick Cannon that was saying that these some poor boys in these countries in South America that are going under the knife and the hormones and are doing all this body transposition so that they can be models and live a glamorous life just so that they can get to be escorts. It's not even about be them trying to achieve in modeling. It's about trying to get where they could get paid a million dollars a night to lay some old man. And I guess if you've been eating, you know, canned beans since you were two, it looks like a good option. But this is where we're at. And you've got people that, of course, we love all human beings. It doesn't matter if they're transgender or not. But why can't we even have the conversation of how and why this is being promoted and propelled? And and people that automatically do that go to the top of the line immediately. And it's not equal. And if you ask why, you're a bigot. What since when is that? If it was just black people going to the top of the line or just Asians or just anybody, everybody'd be like, "Well, wait a second. What's going on?" But we can't even ask questions if we know, you know, that Zionists are doing something. Does that mean you're anti-Semitic? No, you're like these people that happen to be a slim margin of the population of this group, they're a subsect of this group, are doing something that is damaging. Can we have a conversation? Can we talk about it? 
We can only have the conversation on YouTube. And the problem with that is it's John Edwards 2018. Two Americas. That's what happens. And maybe 10 Americas. Because people are only resonating in their bubble, in their echo chamber. And that's why, you know, I'm sure there's, you know, some, I'm conservative, but I'm not necessarily Republican all the time. It depends on who the person is. I'm independent. So a lot of people be like, well, why are you questioning that? If you're on our side, you're da 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 No, we have to see ourselves as human beings first, as people of faith first. And we have to listen to each other. And if we cannot discuss the topic without saying, well, you think this, so you're a dirtbag, or you, you're questioning Trump, so therefore you're, you know, brain dead, you know, no, that's a great invitation to be like, oh, you're questioning him? Well, what, what are you basing that on? And usually, usually, they cannot base it on anything but the fact that they don't like him and he's bad. And he's a racist. That's their answer. They don't have any facts. And that's, that, that is the greatest invitation for a conversation. Because then we could be like, well, what led you to believe that? Then you can talk about the awards that he received. Then you can talk, then you can talk about Kanye. Then you can, first of all, the, 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 the conversations that can be had can be manifold. But I'm more concerned. I feel like I'm the only person out here asking about the conversations that we're not having. Like, why the heck, when you buy a box of cereal, can you put it in a Tupperware and put it in your microwave and it's popping off like it's like the Pop-Tarts uh, metallic uh, plastic on it? What the heck is in the cereal that it's popping off like that and there's no advocates? I don't hear any seven on your side saying, what the hell is up with the cereal? Why is it conducting electricity? You know, nobody on any side asking about Soylent Green, asking about the nanites in the food, asking about the air, asking about this water. I literally can't even wash my hands in the water. I don't know what's in the water, people. I did the special on the suet that it was basically in many states. It's not just Flint. It's not just Flint. If you don't believe me, you think it's a conspiracy, you're too busy to be bothered, the water that is coming out of the tap is straight up filtered sewage water in many, many places. We don't have to be we, we're not, we don't have to be a third world country. Why is nobody, t- this is, why is the only conversation about Trump and all this other, even about the caravan people? Air, water, and food is like num- numero uno. Why are we not talking about it? It's just like you could hear crickets 
you could hear a pin drop. Because people are more concerned with whether Mac Miller really died and if Ariana is dating whoever she's dating or all this, you know, so much just fake stuff. For your kids, you're not concerned? And even if you wanted to know, do you know how to find out what the truth is? Where would you go? What would your source be? But someone's priority is going to be what Halloween costume they're going to wear, get. Someone's priority is going to be to have this new machinery The Facebook is going to follow you around the house. Because at least if they don't have followers on Facebook and social media, they've got a fan. They bought, they purchased a follower to make them relevant for no reason. Relevant for breathing. Relevant for consumerism. Relevant for superficiality, for looks. It doesn't even matter the content that some people are bringing. Because there's some aspect of certain personas that certain people find lacking in themselves. And they say, oh, I want to look like who's this blonde kid that filmed somebody hanging themselves. Forgot his name anyway. All these YouTube people. You know, it's just like. Forget a savior. Forget a father in heaven. Forget even if it's even if it's in like a very not a religious kind of way. Even if it's just my creator. Some people don't even. We're in the end days. And we have people going through life. Not at not one point during the day. Are they asking. Is my existence serving the most high or higher purpose? Am I the greatest expression Am I, am I contributing to my fellow man? We're all programmed to only be about, I got to get here. I got to get to the next level. I got to look like this. I got to da 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 I will tell you something. Anybody that has watched me from the beginning, I trust, I trust in the most high. I trust in Yahuwah. But I'll tell you people, for some people, what I did was risky. Because I put other people before myself. Because I, I my grandfather always told me, but I never remember anything else that he said. He always said, fulfill a a service, do a service that people need. 
And if it's a service that no one else is doing or wants to do, or find, even if you're a street sweeper, somebody is needed to do that thing, which is your specific niche. And if you love that thing and you do that thing, he said you will never be without because in the whole world, if, no, if what you're doing is necessary and you're the only one doing it, you, you have to be in demand at a certain point. And there were times when it looked like, I'm like, these people just don't even care about themselves. That's only if people care about themselves. So you could do the service and tell them, but, you know, our values... Whether you agree with President Trump or not, how are we going to get our nation on course or find out what's going on if we're talking to each other and and just being like (sighs) so shut down from the beginning that we can't even, we can't even talk. We can't. If someone is truly your enemy, you want to be able to talk to them. Because you want to be able to say, why are you doing that? Not when you, when you, when you just castigate somebody, you've closed off the conversation. And if you notice in this relationship thing, that's not a relationship. But I've said, come to the table, bring your offering, and we can talk. But there's no talking before that. We come, we both come, we both humble ourselves to have an exchange, face-to-face. Somehow in this country, (coughs) whether in our personal relationships, our relationships communally, or in the government, globally, whatever, we have to. Start to have conversations with people that think completely different from us. Because if we don't, we're going to be taken over by our common enemy. That doesn't care if we're talking. And doesn't care what we eat. What they don't care. So just remember, every time... You pat yourself on the back that you won the argument. Was it a loss for America? Because every time I pat myself on the back in dealing with him. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm right. Yeah, I'm right. But nothing got resolved. He's defeated. He's depressed. I'm still angry. I don't have my justice. What did I gain? It's like there's no winner. And that's not that's not true conflict resolution. So the first thing that I'm doing and that I am just putting it on the table for people 
is that we take responsibility for how we perceive things, how we judge right or wrong, if we just take a minute. And I've learned this through the school of hard knocks. I mean, I've always, I mean, I, I feel like I've, I was mature from the time that I was four years old. I was very, you know, advanced or whatever, and very, very spiritual. I, I was uh, also, because I was around so many adults, when I was really going through my teens, I was like an adult. When everybody was drinking and partying, I wasn't doing any of that. Because I was already like an adult. And then because I missed that, I had to go back and get the young part of it. <laughs> like, like it was all out of sequence. Let me tell you, it was crazy. But now, I feel like I have the best of both worlds. Because I still have my beginner's mind. I have my childlike silliness in my spirit that can shake off the heaviness. And yet I can also be mature and grounded, you know. And uh, one of the reasons why I reserve the right in my private life, whether they're watching or not, maybe this will change, but the last place that we have to have autonomy in our lives, in our bodies, is our own mind. The second you start letting somebody determine what you can say to yourself about a situation because it doesn't appear this way or that or it rubs them the wrong way. If you can't think in your own head, then we're done. We are done as a human. It's not, I mean, that means thought police is completely, they've won and that's something to think about. If you're sitting there and you're saying, well, she got so mad that she said, uh, what's his name? Michael Douglas looked like a scarecrow, a dead scarecrow or something like that. Whatever it was that I said in a moment of whatever it is, I'm in my private life. I can think whatever the hell I want. I didn't invite anybody in for an editorial, for a group vote. And that's where the hive mind is very, very dangerous. Because when you take away that right for people to express themselves on a very, very personal level, that's going to bottle up. And if I'm spiritual as I am, I was so tired of being bullied. I really, I'm telling you, that I've never been the, the way that I've, I've had to be in these past couple of years. Just to keep myself sane. You, you cannot keep oppressing someone. You cannot keep oppressing somebody and think that you're not going to, you know, you can't treat somebody like an animal and don't expect them to, you know, Show you claws at a certain point. It doesn't met the nicest person. And that is true of all human beings. Don't think that if somebody was basically imprisoning you, 
And that that's what could be facing America if these uh, New World Order gets in. You people. Well, I don't see any danger in. I have nothing to hide. No. But if somebody doesn't like how you think, that could be the end of you. People can't think beyond the current thought. It's, they can't play long game. What in the world is going on that you can have kids and responsibilities and you're not thinking beyond? We're literally, all of us, we're paycheck to paycheck. And we don't think collectively. We don't think, well, if I do this, what happens to my community? Like, like young men. If they go to jail, what happens to their household? What happens to their block? What happens to uh, their age group? What happens to their demographic? If every single young person is now transgender... Or, or every single young woman says, well, uh, Silverman and Tegan told us to have abortions. We're going to go knock them out. What does that, what impact does that have? Each person and the decisions that we make, make such a huge wave. No matter, it's like, it's like us being told as a planet that we are just one in the cosmos and we're not important. And, you know, we're, we're just, uh, you know, we're just this globe's the spinning ball. And we no. Earth is where it's at. It's the center of everything. What you're, the decisions that you make, everyone in your little world, you are the center of your world. And, and good or bad, if there's no mirror, and I don't mean for narcissistic purposes, I'm saying if there's no reflection of who you really are with all your facets as a human being from your mental, of your real mental state, your real spiritual state, your real everything, what happens is that we compromise, we compromise, we compromise, and then we end up, we don't even know how we got to who we are. We don't even know how we, like it starts, well, you know, I work like a dog and I'm running the rat race every single day of the week and I just got to pay this rent and I just got to pay these bills and then I'm going to floss. And I'm going to go spend out every single dime that I made and we all do it. Because quality of life, excuse me, quality of life is important. So it's like, I'm going to go with my boys. I'm going to drink all this alcohol, consume it all, and then whiz it out. If I'm lucky enough, I'll hook up with somebody, you know, and that becomes a, pra a practice. It's something that you, you look forward to. It's just doing that every week. And really, that escape, you can lose yourself.
So as much as I love my radio show, I love my radio show. I love working. It's not just about being on the radio. I love what I do. Every aspect of creating, writing, everything I'm doing, I love it. But I also realize that if I don't slow down and really think about what do I want? Where am I going? Who do I really want to be around? What do I want my morning to be like? What do I want my days to be like? Who do I want to spend it with? What do I want to be doing? Like visualizing that in detail and dreaming it is so important. And we have when we have things that interrupt us in life, just random bad things that happen where we have no control over a situation. We're in places we don't want to be with people we don't want to be around. And we start compromising. You can stop dreaming. When you stop dreaming, that, that, that energy that creates, you know, abundance for you, it can stop because you keep giving your attention. And sometimes it's not, you don't even want to. But if someone holds the keys and they're projecting things onto you and you don't snatch yourself and go to the prayer closet, go to the silence of your room and be able to speak to your podcast or write in your diary or or draw or uh, sketch or create or do whatever it is that is your meditation that reaffirms that you are creating your own existence and you're deciding what you want. When you get so overwhelmed, it's not just depression. There's so many other emotions other than broken and depressed. There's just other states of being that you can't do crap. You're just whatever until you can get whatever it requires to evolve yourself out of it. This is the first week in a long time. I found myself moving around. I haven't even dreamed about dancing. I was in so much pain in prior weeks. I couldn't, it was like such a, a dream so far away from my mind. I couldn't even daydream it. And then the other day when I said I, I wasn't going to let, no matter what certain people told me, what they were going to do if I didn't do what they said. I just ignored them. Just like I did with my comedy and I kept working. And I just kept digging in and doing instinctively that feeling inside that goes, I can do it. I'm going to do this. I'm going to do that. And I just kept on doing that. Then all of a sudden the other day I'm moving around and I'm moving in ways that is not as painful as I thought it would be. And now today, no matter what anybody thought, I did my show, I did my writing, 
I'm still trying to figure out how to manifest this dress that I need to make for Monday. But no matter what they say, <clears throat> for the first time I could Google, you know, I don't know if I can move. I don't know if I'm in the zone. I don't know anything. I haven't done it in a long time. And I feel, I don't know about it. But I know that tomorrow I have the opportunity. And I know that if I can even just move a little bit, that that will be like a huge victory. And I, and I will be moving momentum. There was a dance teacher that always used to say, don't stop moving. His name was Luigi, and I think he coached uh, John Travolta for, or, or uh, he worked on Fosse or something like that. I don't know. But I just, the, anything I remember about him, so he's always say, whatever it is, people would ask him, you're old as hell. How do you look like that? Why are you always smiling? And he was always say, don't stop moving. And I, when I was in pain, I was like, I literally would hear, hear his voice telling me, no matter what, don't judge. And then I heard, then I heard Martha Graham saying, does, it's not your job to judge where you're at and how good you're doing. Just the impulse, the instinct to do whatever it is, just do whatever you can do, just do it. You don't have to qualify it. You don't have to explain it. You could feel like crap. Do whatever it is that you can do. Do it. And so tomorrow, I'm going to be brave. I don't know what's going to happen. And it's very humbling. But I'm going to go and I'm going to try. And I'm going to try to enjoy myself. And celebrate life. And the privilege that I have to even be there. To, to hear music. And try to physically respond. And make shapes. I'm not going to qualify it. I'm not going to judge it. I'm just going to do it. And do it until it feels right. And do it until it feels perfect. Because it's like it's the attention thing. If you put your attention on what you're on it not being right. That's what you're perpetuating. But if I just keep. Dreaming of the right thing. And the way that I would want it. Then I'm going to get more of that. So whatever. These are the small. It's just a small thing but like a tiny little shift. It, you know, who knows whether I can really dance or not. 
I, it could improve my walking. And that would be huge. You know? And so when people, when you think you have it so bad in life, and you think you have it hard, remember that there's somebody out there that just wish that they could even walk. Something that you think is, you don't even think about it. You're down on yourself for whatever. Or you haven't done this, or you haven't done that, or you haven't found yourself, or you haven't found your voice, or you don't do it like someone else is doing it. Dude, you can walk. You can walk. You can participate in life. There's some young people that just got here. They just got here to earth. And even they can't do that. I was reading about a comedian who said that he had, um, I don't know if it's uh, Asperger's or... um, I forgot the other illness where they can't, they can't, uh, I don't know if it's dyslexia. It was some kind of learning aberration or something like that. And how, you know, that was such an uphill battle for him. And when he overcame it, he had forgotten it and he was doing his comedy and, and, he hadn't found his voice and he was trying to be a big deal or whatever. And then he remembered all of that uphill battle from his his learning disability or, or autism, whatever it was, what people used to call him dumb for whatever reason. People have different different things in their life developmentally. Some of it's conditioning from abuse. Some of it, you don't know what people are going through. But anyway, he found that thing. And now opportunities are opening. Because what was something that was like a weakness, that was like a something that held him back, he overcame that. And now he's finding his special place. So... For me, I've always looked at myself as a creator. And I've never said, oh, well, I'm just this type of creator. Or I'm just that. And that's just something that that's the way the world is. (laughs) Branding us and putting us into demographics. And now I can know what my niche is without having to put all those whatever it is, other people's sauce, or even my own sauce, you know? And that comes with age, and it comes with time, it comes with maturity. For us to look at anyone else in their journey and be like, I should be able to do what that person does. Well, if that person can do it, then I can do it. No, that person has a specific, first of all, you know, I know Certain spiritual people can't talk about astrology, but every one of us comes into the world at a specific time 
were born at a specific time in a specific place on the earth. And that special timing down to the second is determining a whole array of facets. Our strengths, our weaknesses, our, you know, personality clicks, all kinds of stuff that make us uniquely um, qualified to do whatever lane it is that we decide to set ourselves on. So just thinking you're going to do what somebody else does like that, maybe, maybe not. That's their calling. And you don't want to do that. You want to find out what you're here to do. And and I will try, if I ever have the privilege of having kids, children, not kids, um, <clears throat> forgot what I was listening to this week that was talking about developing them without crushing their spirit. You've got to know what it is first before. Remember I was talking about you have to let yourself go as far as you can go to see what it is before that instinct thing can can trigger and be like, oh, you can, you're good at this, you can do this. It's like you kind of have to go there with that thing all the way to the edge of it and be like, whoa, that's the edge. Okay, that's the edge. Whoa. You know, but a lot of us, we have, we can't even get to the edge because of our ideas about ourselves or because of things that we're being told about ourselves. And really, if you want to really free yourself, just shake off, just silence everyone, even yourself, just I mean, you, you want to hear yourself because that's, that's positive and that's your self-dialogue is so important. And that's another topic for another conversation. People trying to tell you what your inner dialogue should be because we are always like the great sculptors. Every single second is an adjustment. Like when we're in opera, when we're getting to the high notes, we don't just reach for the high note, right? We're, we're always going like this. Oh, you can't see what I'm doing physically. But we're preparing several, several notes before, phrases before to, to get where we're going. Or in dance, you go down to go up, right? So every single second, it's not like just perfect. It's an adjustment. It's an adjustment. It's an adjustment. What feels right? Is that right? Is this right? And if anyone's telling you, oh, well, you didn't manifest that in two seconds, or you didn't do that right, or you didn't do this, what, what are they doing? If they've got enough time to be in your face, vigilant every second about what you do, what are they doing? They can't be about anything. Because Anybody that's about creating their own thing is doing it. 
They're creating their own thing. They're not in your face saying, why are you creating like this? Because they're not trying to have anybody in their face except their own face, making their own face do what they want to do. Always, always consider the source. And I I promise you, I promise everybody that I am going to go, we're going to start using scriptures. It is not about religion. It is not about religion. It's about building an inner life based on the truth, the truth of who you are, your real identity, and what you can really manifest and do with just yourself and with others. And when the word is so important, the picture is so important. And so I've done a certain amount of work and I need to do some other things. I've done a lot. I'm, I'm, I'm in the right direction. I'm happy with my momentum. But we're going to be getting down to the word and using it, just speaking it for, for every different need that we could possibly have. Um, I would like to have that. That is by, by next week, the end of next week. There's something that I've wanted to do for a while. But everything has its time. Everything has its place. And uh, I'm very much the same me that I always was. And yet I'm different in so many ways. And I, I like it. I'm, I, what I love is the discovery. It's like, oh, I didn't know I was that. I didn't know I could do, you know, that's that. When people say they're bored, you know, those are the discoveries that have to happen that make life, like, really exciting. Like, oh, wow. Who knew I could do that? (laughs) You know? I think we're all a lot capable of more than we think independently on our own and together as a collective. We just got to keep dreaming, no matter what the environment is saying, no matter who's saying what. It's kind of like it's a balance between one eye on reality and one eye on the reality that we create our ideal in equal parts. Kyla Power. God, I can't even talk. My mouth is so dry. Kyla. <laughs> Carla. Kyla. Whatever. Um, Kyla Powers Radio. Not so private podcast. Have a great weekend.